In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. You're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. Uh, I'm a jar with a mysterious thing trapped in it. And I'm Evan. I'm a fallen angel with a heart of oil. And I'm Ronnie. If you can tell by these introductions, Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We are currently covering NBC's Constantine, but... Before we get into that, I have a question. My intro was bad. I should have said I'm a bowl full of worms. That's what I thought you were doing. That's that's what I had in my mind's eye, but I said jar, and then I couldn't go back, and then I'm a bowl full of worms, and I'm Evan. Okay. Did you, you sure are, dear. Did, did, you, did you get my joke from my intro? Because I said I had a heart of oil, and oil is yeah. black gold. Um, it's like heart Aww, of gold, yeah. except it's like not. I was picturing like cooking oil, to be honest. Oh, that's a. I should have said heart of tar then. Heart of tar would have worked way better. I want to redo mine too. Hi, uh, okay. um, I'm a fallen angel with a heart of tar, and I'm Ronnie. I'm still Andy, and I'm still the host. <laughs> way to way to anchor us. Way to hold us down, Andy. Yep, I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's so? My question for yeah, you guys. What is the question? Because there were a lot of spooky, scary monsters. In these episodes of Constantine. Oh, so spooky. So my question is, which spooky, scary monster would you be if you could be any type of spooky, scary monster? I thought you were going to ask us which one would we fuck if you were going (laughs) to. I thought about that, but I feel like I talk about fucking a lot. And like, I know we got to earn that explicit tag, but you know, I'm not all about fucking. Right. This we one's a bit to, more whimsy. We also have to earn having sex with every movie monster. Like, we, we come out the gate with that pretty hard sometimes, and we got to work up to it, I think. Right. We already decided how Krampus and Santa top and bottom, so yeah. I feel like our, our sex intros are not going to ever top that. But I'm just... <laughs> Uh, or what? What monster would we be? What yeah, spooky if, monster? If you if you could be any monster, which one would you be? I think the the objectively best monster to be is probably a werewolf. Mm. They're really cool. Yeah. First of all, you're not dead or undead, so none of your bits are gonna fall off. You know, um, your your curse does not affect you at all times. If you follow traditional like werewolf lore, either you can turn it on and off at will. Or you only have to worry about the full moon. Uh, and that one time uh, a month, you just have a rip-roaring good time. Yeah. You just run through the woods, you you eat people, you tear shit apart, you get naked, and you have a grand old time. So I, I would pick Werewolf as my spooky scary monster life. What if during the full moon you accidentally ate me? Oh, um, don't eat Andy. We have... Dresden Files has taught us that uh, you know there are ways there are ways of uh, handling this situation. Either you could also be a werewolf, or um, we just build me a, a containment circle in the basement. You wouldn't eat me. You gotta say the line. You gotta what? go. I think I might. Oh. <laughs> Such a good line. Oh gosh, I... Ronnie, what, what spooky scary monster would you be? The First one that pops into my head, and I think this is just limited imagination, um, but I would say Creature from the Black Lagoon, um, because I'm real, not that I'm into fish people, not that like <laughs> that's like my thing, but like- Not in the way Guillermo del Toro is, clearly. Right, right. I mean, Guillermo del Toro's grand vision for fish people does not hurt my decision any, but also, <laughs> I always like- I feel like very one with water and whenever I play D and D, I always want to play a Triton and, and mermaids and stuff. So like just the whole, yes, I would be a, a terrifying, like uh scaly monster, but to, to go back to my intro, I feel like it could be a terrifying scaly monster with a heart of gold. Nothing says there's no, like, I don't know, maybe you can correct me, but there's no lore about like the swamp, uh, not swamp thing, but the creature from the black lagoon has to like be, dangerous and like lure people to their death uh, 
The Shape of Water, if it taught us anything, it is that the girl was into the creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah. And it was the human who was the asshole. Mm -hmm. I think what it has taught us is um, you can reinvent yourself. Yeah. You can craft for yourself a new image that involves being uh, a fish deity Mm -hmm. and um, having a real cute human girlfriend. Your destiny is yours, Ronnie. Thank you. Me and Doug Jones are are both going to handle this this revolution for creatures from the Black Lagoon alike. All of them. All of the fish people. All of the fish monsters. We are going to turn over a new leaf in history and then have that weird, like, extendy dick thing. Also. (laughs) We brought it back around. Brought it back around. It has to be a goof, you know? (laughs) All right, Andy, how about you? Um, I'd be a dragon. Dragons. That's, is a dragon a monster? I think that's that's like a fantasy creature. That's not the same as... It's in the monster manual. There's a lot of things in the monster <laughs> manual. There's a whole lot of things in there. There is. So I can't do dragon? Well, I was going to do werewolf, and then I, when you said werewolf, I was like, all right, like like fish fish boy. Oh. And then Ronnie said fish boy, and so like... <laughs> I, I'm I'm at the the bottom of the barrel here of spooky scary monsters. I don't want to be a vampire. No. Um. Can I be a demon? That can seems a, like a monster. Yeah. yeah can I be lots a fallen angel? Mm-hmm. Demons are fun. Demons. Yeah. Demons wear crop tops and like to party. For sure they do. I yeah. feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like demons are like categorical in a way that I really like. Like you're like the demon of this, or like. It's like the opposite of saints, like, oh, this is the saint of children and the saint of, like, sheep or something. And you could be like, I'm the demon of, like, breakfast cereal or something. You could be really, like, just the box your ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the box ghost. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. I would be, I would be a demon and I would fuck with nerds. Oh man, I would fuck with nerds. I'd be like, "Hey, you want to make a deal, bitch?" You'd show up in summoning circles where they didn't even get your name right. You'd just be like, "Yo, what up? Here I am." <laughs> you want to make you a didn't deal? Didn't think it was gonna work. You will only ever roll above fifteens, and um, <sighs> coming back in ten years for your soul, bitch. Oh man, would you actually do it, or, or would you just? Would I take their souls? Them? Yeah. Yeah, I'd take their oh. souls. I'm a demon. That's fair. Yeah, See, presumably I, that's valuable I, to you when you're a demon. I, would, I don't know how you convert that into currency. I would but. be employee of the month in hell. <laughs> <laughs> Satan, I have turned so many people gay. Congrats, you're winning. <laughs> I feel like I would be a far more impish, puckish demon of just like, I'm going to steal your soul. And then they would just be like nervous about it. And then I'd just go about my way and be like, what? I forgot about that soul 50 years ago. Yeah, you just gave that guy anxiety is all you did. <laughs> oh, that that's not great when you say it like that. <laughs> that's what anxiety is. A demon just, has cursed you, that's and you're fair. just living with the fear of it. Yeah. You don't remember it or know what that agreement was, but you just know you've promised something to a demon, right. and you may or may not ever come to collect. That's called inner demons, and I take medication to control that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's... Speaking of demons, there were some demons in this show that we watched. Some inner demons, some outer demons, some weird upsetting fruit that very much upset me. Oh, it was very upsetting. It was so upsetting. It was so weird. Everything, there's a lot of weird shit in the show, and I mean that in a complimentary way. Yeah. um, Okay, so this time, we have watched five entire episodes. We did extra credit for you, the listener. We have a special secret episode that we're going to fit into Constantine Month, uh, Constantine Block, and it requires us to watch episodes faster so that we have a free episode for our secret special guests. I can't tell you about them, but it's going to be rad. I'm going to run through them as fast as I can and try and hit all all the important highlights. Episode 4, this drug addict guy who John was friends with, turns up he has trapped a demon in a bottle and it escapes and then john has to basically sacrifice his friend's body to be a vessel to hold this demon forever it's very dark episode six there are various spooky scary ghosties appearing around there are several vignettes with these individual ghosties 
And John finds out that Papa Midnight, who we met in a previous episode, is reviving them by accident because of the strong feelings of guilt of the people who loved them. Uh, he's he's intending to just do some sort of psychic stuff so that these people can talk to their dead loved ones, but he's accidentally reviving their dead bodies at the same time. So they have to send those spooky, scary ghosties back to the afterlife. Episode 6. There's a series of murders where uh, parents are being killed and the children are not being harmed. It turns out it is the spirit of a abused child who is possessing living children and then using their bodies to kill their parents. John has to like do an exorcism basically and get rid of this little abused child's spirit so it will stop possessing other children. Uh, episode 7, there's this tent revival preacher who's into the whole snakes thing and he gets bit by a snake predictably because they always do. He's about to die and then he randomly comes back to life because he's got this special feather. This angel turns up and is like, that revivalist guy, I was going to take him to heaven and he stole my feather and now you've got to get it back to me because that belongs in heaven with me. And so they go to all this trouble to get her her feather back. Turns out she's not an angel. She's a, well, fallen angel, which is, like, she's a demon. She's just a pretty demon. They're they're doing a weird distinction between angels and fallen angels and demons, which is a bit uh, convoluted. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, so they, uh, they rip her fucking heart out, and then she dies. Episode 8. This is actually, like, a two-parter. But uh, we only watched the first part, so it's going to end on a cliffhanger. A baby gets stolen from a convent in Mexico. And this nun who knows John calls him and is like, hey, help us investigate this baby disappearing. And uh, it is a primeval demon thing stealing this baby on behalf of an even more powerful spirit. And she's targeting a specific family and steals two babies who are related to each other, and John and this nun are working together to try to get these babies back, and the episode ends with um, them in the sewer and this nun shooting him so that she can escape with one of the babies and basically leaving him to be eaten by this terrible demon thing. Yeah, these episodes were fucking wild. Yeah, a lot of of shit happened in these episodes. A lot of shit. It went some places for being an NBC, like, primetime drama. Like, this it, isn't on sci-fi or the CW. We yeah. we usually say, like, we usually don't worry about spoilers. Like, the shows we cover are kind of old and shit. But, like, y'all should watch these. You should. Yeah, y'all should I, watch these before you listen to, to this show. Uh, I personally am not, like, a <clears throat> spoilers person. So, I... I'm perfectly happy to listen to this sort of thing, having not watched it. But I left out enough detail that y'all y'all will still get plenty of juicy stuff out well, of here if you stop now, because we're gonna deep dive on on, yeah. on this. But especially with it being kind of a horror show, like like I think you might lose something if you know everything that's gonna happen. So like, pause us. <laughs> Subscribe to DC Unlimited. <laughs> Don't do that. It's there's not much on there. But uh watch have you all checked out Titans, like the live action Titans? Yet? I watched four we, or five episodes. Did. Oh boy. It's uh it's something. It's actually it, not it's not uh bad in the way that I thought it was gonna be. It's totally very confusing. This is a show about our 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 good boy John Constantine. It is a show about our good friend Johnny Connie. Um and I gotta ask I feel like I don't have to ask, actually. I feel like I have a good idea of it, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, Andy. Yes, Ronald. These five, this is the first time we've done this many episodes in a podcast episode. These five episodes of Constantine, did they work for you? These episodes were so good. It was very hard to not keep watching. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a very good show. Yes. Excellent, excellent. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These, this this pentameter, this iambic pentameter, five lines of, of Is it iambic, though? I don't think that it is. No, but it's it's penta something. 
yeah. pentagram. This penta. Oh, that's a good one because it's like demonic. This pentagram of episodes uh, of Constantine. Did they work for you? They did. Uh, I like Andy was itching to watch the next one, and I knew we had to stop for the show. And that is about as high of a compliment as you can give, really, if you're dying to watch the next one. So, yes, definitely. Very, very weird, interesting shit in these episodes. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these, did this, um, I, I was I was trying to think of other Penta words. Sure. Pentagon. Pentacle. Pentagon. This, 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 these five episodes, did they work for you? <laughs> Pentacles. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they really did. They went some places. Um, like y'all said, uh, it was hard to stop watching. I thought we were only watching four, and so I was like excited. I got like to be rejuvenated. Like oh, I get to watch one more. It was. It doesn't feel like a chore. And and sometimes looking at you, NBC. Sometimes these shows you put out, they feel like a chore. But uh, yeah. But this one feels good. I like that it. That weird it, fruit, that very upsetting fruit. That oh, very upsetting very... weird fruit was it was very good though. Yeah, so uh, to jump right into compliments. I love yes. how I love how weird the magic in this show is. It's weird. Um and we saw that a little bit in the first 3 episodes with like the strange blood dance and the the water pouring and just the strange rituals. Right. But that and almost we, feels like cutesy, like compared to what we, we it feels we like. We dove deeper. Yeah, we, dove we deeper. did some shit with John um, Constantine. There was a bowl full of worms that he was pouring around. There was uh, so they were trying to find this uh, baby who had been kidnapped by basically using the placenta to like do a uh, tracking magic, and like the family, like as was. I guess local custom, so they they said that in the, the nunnery. They did that. Well, no, it was on the family's property. It oh, I don't the, fucking know. It wasn't at the convent. Allegedly, according to the show, that was like a, a local custom in Mexico. I have no idea if that's actually true. Um, but yeah, they had, the family had like buried the placenta on their property, and so they were like using this to to find the baby. And like John did a weird spell, and there's a tree. And you think for a second that it's a pear tree and they're just like Bosque pears. They are not. They're Ooh. like pears made out of flesh. And Baby. he stabs one with a knife and then the whole tree starts bleeding. Oh, wow. It's weird. It, it's a point where exposition really pays off because like, I don't know about y'all, but I could not tell that it was human flesh on that pear. And I was like, what's that? And she's like, is that skin? And I was like. What do you mean it's skin? What do you mean? And then he stabs it and it has like that like resistance that skin has. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. was I very horrific. I could it tell came to me in the right amount of waves. It was perfect. I could tell something was off about it, but like like I said, I thought it was just like a pear for a second, and I was like, there's something like that pear looks kind of weird. Maybe it's just a very Why'd they use a fake pear? And then it was like, ooh. I, I knew that it was a pear made out of baby flesh right away because uh, there was a tree back home that had had them. What? It was a baby flesh pear. And, you know, that's very common in where I grew up in Pennsylvania. It's not. Philadelphia. It's not. <laughs> I'm still there. Can confirm. No, no baby. Maybe it's just the winter frost right now. It's very cold outside, but the baby skin pear trees have all have not fruited. So yet. can we talk about episode four? Because episode four was so fucking good. Yeah. That may have been, uh, I think, number four and um, and, eight, and right? eight. Yeah, were my the favorite two best. Ones. Yeah, we had a nice sandwich here. We did. Um yeah, so this is the one where his druggy friend turns up, and uh, so if you're, uh, I'm going to interrupt you, Evan, and I'm sorry, but I'm not that sorry. It's okay. Um, if you're a Hellblazer fan, this is this is the first Hellblazer story. Uh, so if you like this one, read read the comic because this is what the first comic of Constantine is based off of, and uh, John's old shitty friend who is just kind of useless, but like has always hero worshiped John shows up and he's done a bad. He let out a hunger demon called Menamith 
Menamoth? Menamoth. Am I close, guys? I think, I think uh, it's pronounced like Nemeth. Yeah, that sounds about that's, right. Let's go with Nemeth. Uh, and There's a lot of consonants. And it's very upsetting because every time Nemeth goes into anyone, it's all these... What is it? Like like a cockroaches? Yeah. yeah. And they crawl in the victim's mouth. And then they get like all sweaty and gross and they just start eating everything. And uh, I think it's the most we've seen John out of his element, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. John is like struggling to fight the demon and he's trying to be real confident and cocky because his, his old friend is back and, and John kind of wants to show him up a bit, I think. And then... We also see John out of his element when he realizes what he's going to have to do in order to stop the demon. And it's uh, it's pretty upsetting. It's it's pretty emotional. Yeah, I'm going to spoil this right right up for you. Uh, so this hunger demon is like more powerful than a normal hunger demon, and you can't just put it in a special enchanted bottle. Um, like, you, the reason that uh, John's weird friend at the beginning had to, like, exorcise it out of a a scarified person is because that person was being used as the vessel to hold the demon, and he just took it upon himself to save this guy. So they gotta put the demon into a living body to contain it and then just let the body die. And um, that body's gotta be John's useless, struggy friend. And it is really dark, and it's a really, like fucked up decision to have to make and i actually wish that this were like the origin of his sort of man pain angst that he's been going through like this this could have been the first episode and i would have been like so hooked i think it would have told me so much about the sort of person that john constantine is and like the sort of dark shit that he's been through i think there's a reason it is the introduction to john in the comics really because i mean this is like page for page yeah. Hellblazer. But at the same time, I, I do think it was good for the show to not hit us with this right away. Cause like you see John scarify his old friend to trap a demon in him. And then the final shot of the show is John like strapping his friend down while the demon like, racks his body with pain and John's like holding him and it like it is it is emotionally devastating Mm -hmm. and I think we needed to get to know like TV is different than a book I think we needed to get to know John a little bit sure but like this having watched this it makes the like oh no a little girl got the exorcism got screwed up that pales in comparison to, like, the oh. thing he just had to do to this close friend he had growing up or whatever. Oh, for sure. And like, it, it makes the mom thing even more bullshit than it was. Yeah. Yeah. This is such this is such a good, like, character episode. And, like, yeah, it's dark and it's it's I, a little bit disturbing, but it's it's got all the right shit in it. I don't remember if they fucked in the comic either. Because that's entirely possible that John might have also had romantic history with this friend, too. Just add on another level of pain. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was a really good episode, guys. Yeah. Uh, and on, like, on a funner note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, like, all of these episodes were good. Um, but that one in particular. The, uh, the sort of, like, thread through the entire series so far has been this, like, vague, ominous, like, the rising darkness threat. I wish that was, like, addressed a little bit more because they keep dropping that sprinkle on there and I don't quite know what they're talking about. I'm more They focused. finally reveal it in episode 8 but it was like two throwaway lines and episode 8 was so packed of weird shit that like I I, I don't even yeah. like necessarily recall what exactly was. that it, was. it? I thought that was just like a symptom of the thing that was happening. No, or... it, it. I think it's currently happening because this evil cult has like is making it happen. But let's let's just talk good things episode five real quick. Uh, before we talk about that, uh, I want to talk about, take a little break and talk about our good friends at Lunar Light Studio. 
are small, intimate, warm, cuddly, beautiful pile of podcasts. It's wonderful. It's so great. It's great here, guys. What is it? Pretty, witty, and gay? Pretty, witty, and gay. I love it. It's so good. We're not exclusively gay, but we are primarily gay here at Mm -hmm. Linear Light Studios. Mm -hmm. We have great shows on the network. Shows like Ink Tank. Ink Tank's a fun show um, led by Blue, led by Lily Blue. Uh, Lily Blue breaks down uh, animated films of childhood, of today, and really kind of to to take an animation uh, uh, lingo goes frame by frame to uh, really break down the cultural significance of the movies as well as kind of the way that they are styled, the way that they impacted animation moving forward um, and just what they meant what they meant to to them and their guests. So yeah, uh, definitely check out Ink Tank. Good show, good show. We also got other fun crap. We got Netflix and Kill. I don't mean crap in the negative sense. I mean crap is in pile of stuff that we love. Uh, I've been listening to Netflix and Kill. That's a lot of fun. They just did Bird Box, which I had not seen, but now I want to see it after hearing them talk about it. Um, They have got Cryptid Keeper. They just did a real weird episode on atmospheric beasts. Great stuff. Good content. Something I had never heard of. Wild. Um... Andy, what you been listening to? Um, I'm 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 a I'm a sellout. I listen to the Good Boys Girls so much. Yeah, yeah. They just did Sawbones and I think Schmanners, and both were very entertaining. I, I enjoyed them the immensely. Schmanners episode. Yeah, it was... I've only I've only watched a little bit of sh- or listened to a little bit of Schmanners, but like s- somehow the the Good Boy Girl Good Boys Girls do such an amazing job of carrying over the tone from the media that they're covering. Thank Travis and, for Travis. Yeah. Oh, thank Travis for Travis. Such a good boy. Yeah. Such a good boy. And that's why you should listen to good boys, girls. Um, you can find all these podcasts and more at lunarlightstudio.com. Uh, that's lunarlightstudio.com. Head over to Patreon slash lunarlighthq and please contribute to their Patreon. They have a Patreon. We yeah. indirectly benefit from that. So no, sure do. We, we directly benefit from that if you select us. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. If yeah. you say you listen to us, we get we get the money. Even if you don't, though, even if you even if you select any any old podcast oh, as yeah. your favorite one, no, um, fuck them. I want to win. Oh, okay. I you mean, should... I love everyone on the network, <laughs> and you can support any of. Them. But you should contribute. Us. You should contribute to that. We're going to be uh, having some content specifically from uh, from Ending Pending going up, some videos, some uh, some outtakes from some recent episodes. Do we have? And, we don't uh, have outtakes. We're perfect all the time. Well, Shut up. we Shut always up. get we always get it in one. We do. We or, do something or like a that. couple. Uh, once again, that's patreoncom slash HQ. Go check that out. Episode five was like I had I had told told you both when when you were watching it that episode five was like the scary stories to tell in the dark but on tv yeah uh-huh. it, it was like it was a stri- it was just like a, a, a what was that show are you afraid of the dark it was just like the best of the best of the spookiest stories it was very fun yeah, yeah. it was like three ghost vignettes it started out with three ghost vignettes and they were all kind of uh inspired by some kind of ghost story or a mythology that is common like uh there was a a kuchisake ono one which is like this japanese urban legend about this woman who walks around wearing uh like a medical mask which is common to do in japan because they're afraid of germs she walks around with like a medical mask uh but underneath her medical mask like her her like face is sliced open and she'll like approach you in the dark and ask if you think she's pretty and whether you at whether you respond yes or no she'll kill you so there was that ghost but they gave uh like it was the ghost of a real person in this story and they gave her like a backstory that she was a model and uh like had been murdered by a psychologically unstable uh co-worker or whatever another model 
there was one where there was like uh, a little boy who would ask for a ride and once he got in the car um he would like disappear and appear outside the car again and then the person would stop to try not to hit him and crash their car and there's a couple of different ghost stories i know of that are some variation on that where like you pick up a hitchhiker and it's a ghost mm-hmm. or whatever the best part of this episode is john and papa midnight yeah uh just like doing a buddy cop thing and John is constantly making fun of Papa for like relying too much on voodoo and like oh when you only have a hammer everything looks like a nail and Midnight is like ragging John for being like a jack of all trades but a master of none and like John just uses any bit of magic he can get his hands on and he's got no discipline and they're just going back and forth and like razzing each other and it's very entertaining they mm-hmm. had very good chemistry. I think he was much stronger in this episode than he was in uh, the vinyl record one. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You got to see more of his like actual personality instead of just like, I'm going to get the thing. I'm going to get the thing. I'm going to get you, John Constantine, and I'm going to steal the thing. You know, you got to see like what actu- what he does yeah. and what his... Uh, uh, what his personality is like. And it showed that he, like, even though they really roast each other pretty good, that he does have respect for Constantine and like the power that he's able to wield and, and for the magic in general that they both pull from, um, you know, he's, he's not just a villain. He's, he's serious about the craft that they both practice. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they have, um, kind of a tense relationship he's not fundamentally of uh, papa midnight is not is not really a villain they're they're kind of like working in the same sphere and they have i guess differing professional opinions right. well papa midnight is very specific about what he does and does not want to do and john's an asshole so they're they're gonna they're gonna crash <laughs> yeah. a little bit you know uh-huh um, one of the things that I, I, there was, again, this episode was just fun, which was, I don't want to say like a good break from the previous episode. Um, but the heaviness of the previous episode, I, they definitely are doing a great job with kind of the way that they arrange these. Um, if there was any, you know, discussion of, of, you know, filming out of order or anything like that, when, um, I, th- I think Zed is having like a vision or something like that. And, and one of the cops is like really like giving her a look over or something like that. And John just was like, uh, don't mind her. She's psychic. <laughs> and it was just like the, the most perfect of John's like, John's not going to waste his time trying to think up a good like excuse here. Like, yeah, John's just nope. And, and it's something that I do love about this show that like, there's a little bit of like psychic paper, like sleight of hand and stuff like that. But for the most part, John just kind of walks in and is like, there's demons here and I'm going to get rid of them. And people were like, uh, I don't think so. And John's like, I don't, I don't care what you think. There's demons here and I'm going to get rid of them. Like there's, it, it, they don't waste too much time with John. Like, you know, Jumping very rarely groups. he'll take on like a character and like, oh, and this is how I, you know, sneak my way into here. Like they don't make us like, like we accept like John's just going to get in there and it's fine. <laughs> He and tried to do-, do it in the oil one or the mi- the, the mining yeah. one, and yeah. he did a very bad job. Yeah, uh, he also uh, like briefly lied about being crime scene cleanup in the yeah. in episode eight, but like very unconvincingly. They were standing right. there around a card table that they had set out candles on, <laughs> and him and Chaz were just there in like regular ass people clothes, looking yeah. dirty, with a candle table. Like clearly gonna do some magic bullshit, and they're like, "Yeah, we're uh, we're crime scene cleanup. It's fine. Right. Don't worry about it. It's fine." <laughs> well, it's it's like what I talked about last time. It's like none none of this is Plan A. Like Plan A is just like the demon walks out and says, "All right, John, I'm sorry," and disappears, and John doesn't have to talk to anybody. This is like if if somebody really like steps into the investigation and messes it up. I feel like John's just like, well, this is going to be a very consequential spell to my soul, but here's how I removed this person's memory. Like, it, it J- John is just like not afraid to like, well, I'm going to screw myself up and I'm going to screw up a little piece of this, but 
whatever I gotta do, or I'll just kill somebody. <laughs> it's fine. It'll be fine. So I okay. have a, a point, and I don't know if I consider it a positive or a negative, but I feel like in a couple of these episodes, uh, specifically like five, six, and seven, John gets like kind of clean victories. Mm-hmm. And it, it really does feel like John gets wins. Maybe not so much seven. Uh, and I'll talk about that more when we get to it, but like five and six, like John wins and there's really nothing terrible that happens. And I don't know if that's good that the show is like being willing to change the, the essence of Constantine and give him some victories because as the audience, we kind of need that. Like the show would be really tough to get through if every episode was like episode four. Yeah. And episode four is like the clearest presentation of who John Constantine is and who Hellblazer is. Uh, and I, I don't like, like the diehard fan in me is like, no punish me. Like I want, I want all of that. But I also recognize that TV is a different medium. And if it was just episode after episode of fucking that, I don't know if I'd be able to finish the show. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a reason I haven't finished the comic and it's because it's long and it's fucking depressing as shit. I don't know. I like Hannibal, so I think I could take more episodes like that. Yeah. There's something about the way that John works in this show um, that, you you know, ostensibly we and NBC would have hoped that this show would go on for three, four, five, six seasons. And if you're going to front load episode five and six, while it feels like it's, it's getting pretty late in the series, this should have been early on. And yeah. I think it it makes sense to establish like, no, he like knows what he's doing. Like, so that eventually, uh Oh, John doesn't know what he's doing here. And John usually knows what he's doing. Like you can, you can come back around and, and kind of torture him later with bigger stakes, uh, outside of these, uh, these, well, es- he always gets some victory, but it should cost him. Like, like that's what Alan yeah. Moore said is the essence of the character. And so, like, he wins in episode four, but it, it costs him dearly. Sure. Um, and, like, he wins in episode five and six, but I don't think it really costs him anything. Yeah. Personally, I think six and seven are, like, the weaker episodes. Uh, I thought the, the like, little ghosts ghost callbacks was in real episode fun. five we're real yeah, yeah we're real neat the little uh ghost the the stories to tell in the dark thing um six and seven i think were the least memorable um in seven in particular i just thought the angel thing kind of dragged and was kind of there's a lot you can do with like the the snake preachers you know that's that's a weird cultural touchstone that people are interested in, but also freaked out by. I thought they were going to do something a little bit weirder and darker with that episode. But, um... There are see, ghouls I, in it, but they aren't really ghouls. Yeah. I appreciated how it was It was a bit more grounded in that episode, because the idea that I have of those kind of snake-charming preachers is very terrifying and is very scary, and to see that preacher, who the actor of that that did that did a great job, yeah, phenomenal that dude killed job. it. As we were watching that, I actually pointed out to Andy like how how delightful I thought it was that when he so he was basically a charlatan, and then suddenly he realized he actually had the power to heal people, and like there was a moment when that dawned on his face, <laughs> and like. He clearly was baffled and horrified, but just fucking ran with it. And like <laughs> he, that actor did such a good job of conveying every single one of those emotions where he was just like, holy shit, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Like it, it was very funny. Yeah. yeah. We had a yeah. good giggle over that. I don't know. Everything was super weird, so to have something that, like, I feel like is generally pretty weird be kind of grounded was a little bit comforting. Um, but maybe comforting is not what this show should be aiming for. I don't know. I loved the look of the angel. I thought yeah. she looked cool, and then when it was revealed that she is a fallen angel, which, again, is different from a demon in this, uh, I thought she looked even cooler. 
I loved that John was entirely out of his depth and could not do a damn thing against her. I thought that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I liked that the loss here was for Manny and not for John. Yeah. It was one of John's friends has to like take take a loss. But at the same time, Manny's whole, like, I'm not allowed to interfere with human shit. It's like, dude, you're not, though. It's a fucking fallen angel. Like, if this is anyone's <laughs> jurisdiction, it's yours. Yeah. It is 100% your jurisdiction because it ain't John's. John's not dealing with a fallen angel. Like, you are the one person qualified to deal with this. And so his whole, like, I'm going to get in trouble because I interfered when I wasn't supposed to thing. Uh... Made no sense to fucking me, but, I mean, what do I know? Yeah. I don't know, I just thought the angel thing was kind of boring. It was. It Like, the yeah. angel bit was a bit boring, but the preacher was, I thought, very compelling. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, like, I wanted more out of the angel. Right. Yeah, I, I liked thought the, the mystery it gave us. I thought the, uh, like, oh, if you lose a feather on Earth, you're stuck here forever thing, and John was like, LOL, design flaw. Like, I was like, yeah, "Yeah, it fucking is, actually. (laughs) But then she was like, it's not a flaw if it's a feature. (laughs) (laughs) But Because she wanted to be stuck here. Well, yeah, but I thought that was just, I I thought that angel rule was just kind of dumb. Like, in the same way that, like, oh, I can't interfere with the thing for this arbitrary reason that I've decided for show reasons. That just seemed, like... The concept that, like, angels and demons cannot directly interfere with human life. Okay, I'll accept that. That That's a rule. But the fact that, yeah, he couldn't do anything about the other celestial ass being there fucking shit up. I agree. That was a silly rule. So, yeah. We skipped episode six, so let's hit that real quick. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I have one, like, positive thing to say about that episode if we want to go into it. And it's more general about Constantine, the show. Um, so this is the one where the spooky child spirit inhabiting the bodies of children and the children are killing their parents in a terrible, bloody fashion. Um, there's a point and I'm just going to skip ahead to my, to this, but like, there's a point where, um, John chases Henry, the little boy into like a school haunted house, which is like the highest budget school haunted house I have ever seen in my life. And I, and I, uh, granted I'm, I'm very scared of everything and I have not seen many haunted houses, but I imagine they're not all like with animatronics in them and all, but there was a moment where like John's walking through it. And in my scaredy cat mind, I'm like, well, this is nothing for John. Like John interacts with real demons. Like this is, this is like child's play. But, but as John's walking through it, he's like very much like looking over his shoulder and watching everything and scared. And it's like, oh, yeah, this would be much scarier if you knew that all of this was real, that all of this was based on real stuff. And at any moment could like jump out and drag you to hell. Like <laughs> he he's trying to like put on a face a bit where he's acting like, oh, this is silly. This is dumb. And then like a few of the jump scare things get him. And then one of them breaks his, like, magical MacGuffin. And I, like, he has, like, a freak out and, like, breaks the animatronic because he's super mad mm-hmm. that it broke his magic punches, shield. Punches it right in the face. Yeah, it's very, it's very good. Yeah, that that just really, I, I enjoy, anytime that I, like, watch him, it's like, oh, this is old hat. And it's like, oh, no, this is all real in his world. And that's way more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, overall, I don't think this episode was great. Uh, John gets punched in the face, like, twice, and I always love seeing John get punched in the face. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one played a little bit with, like, the consequences of him just kind of, like, barging in and saying, I'm a demon hunter. I'm here to demon hunt. Yeah, the the kid's dad just, like, beats the shit out of John. The the hugely toxic masculinity dad. uh, Just is just like, oh, you gotta learn how to fight. And then punches... Constantine. I like that like suburban dad though can take Constantine in a fight. Like Constantine shouldn't yeah. be in there like mixing it up. No. Let's talk about episode Let's eight. Let's talk time. about episode eight. Because episode eight's yeah. real good. It's great. Let me just I have only one criticism about episode eight, so I'm gonna go ahead and get it out of the way. Um I wish that him and the nun had not like previously fucked. 
Because I feel like that kind of undermines their, like, their professional relationship a little bit. It, it, I thought they, I guess they were trying to, like, add some kind of depth or complexity or, like, emotional ties or whatever. But, like, they had a close relationship before as far as, like, her introducing him to the occult. Yeah. And I feel like all she kept bringing up the fucking... Like, and, like, being critical of him for it, and, like, she kept, like, criticizing him for flirting with people, and I'm like, please stop distracting with your weird whatever this is, and let's get back to the occult stuff. I would have been cool with it if uh, they had used Nick Necro, who was, um, like, John's mentor in the New 52, and he and John and Zatanna were all kind of, like, fucking each other and then nick got jealous and became a villain um because he wanted john to himself uh and like that could have been interesting if like oh we're gonna take this kind of throwaway character from the new 52 and he's a priest now and like he and john have this unresolved romantic tension but just seeing it as like another another girl head over heels for bad boy john was like okay is like the fourth one that shows thrown at us yeah, I just thought it I just thought it was kind of distracting from the actual yeah. like the core of like what brought these two characters together and like why that relationship mattered. It wasn't cuz they had sex that one time. It was cuz she introduced him to the occult and she was the catalyst for all of this stuff that he's gotten into and she has kind of escaped that life by becoming a nun now and he's still neck deep in it and like, her her saying like you're my greatest failure was really emotional. Yeah. yeah. And it didn't need the distraction of also, like, your penis entered me. <laughs> Please don't say it like that, also. That's how I'm going to say it. Okay. <laughs> I, I did love seeing the picture of John in his old punk band. Yeah, that was Mucus great. Membrane. <laughs> the worst band name ever. That was very good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um... The monster looked fucking awesome. Uh, her, yeah. her face was a little weird, but like her hands were so scary. Yeah, yeah. and I do, I do love the nun uh, in this. Ep- uh, Anne Marie was her name. I do love her. I love that character. She good was character. a good character, uh, and which is part of the reason I was bothered by the the fucking so much. Like, oh, we got we got so much of this. But yeah, she was a really genuinely good character and had an interesting backstory. And in her her whole relationship with John was was very interesting and the path she took in life was very interesting. I I love when the show gives us monsters that aren't demons or ghosts. Mm-hmm. And uh Lamashtu who is one of Eve's sisters uh was a was a really cool monster. Kind of a demon arguably, but She's a queen of hell according to this. But a, an but, unconventional sort of a demon. Uh John refer- said she's like a vampire but way better and that was you know cool mm-hmm. i love uh, what's going on with zed in this episode yeah this is the most z- interesting zed's ever been mm-hmm. yeah I she would... came out of nowhere with some interesting stuff going on yeah i was fully ready like she takes this guy back to uh the mill that ever that they're all hiding out in and i was fully and he she like attacks him and is like oh like what i'm gonna like show you to my friends like what's what's your plan why are you here i was fully ready for him to be like i just wanted like a drink like i thought we were hitting it off and for it to be like a morality play about like she's getting too deep in this world and she's she's out of her depth and she can't interact with real humans anymore and the fact that it like paid off was like (gasps) i was not that was that was a twist that was like a real like i was not prepared for that and i was into it she was like a messiah for this cult. Like this cult is obsessed with her and like wants her back. And uh, she she holds her own for a little bit as they're like storming the mill, but she eventually gets taken. Yeah. And meanwhile, um, Anne Chaz and Constantine go into the sewers and fight Lamash too. I love that John's solution to dealing with this very powerful like queen of hell was to summon her ex-boyfriend who's also a very powerful demon and just let the demons fight it out and we'll run 
And as they're escaping, um, one of the demon's minions corners John and Anne. And in order to get away, Anne shoots John as like, hey, I'm sorry, but like, it'll eat you. And like, I'm getting out of here with the innocent baby. Peace. Yeah. And that was... That was one of those things that as she took the step back and I saw the look in her eye, I knew something like that was going to happen, but it didn't make it any less like powerful. It didn't make it any less badass. It was great. It was so great. Also, one of the more realistic gunshots I feel like I've seen on TV were like, John doesn't just take a bullet and like get back up. Like, yeah, he's bleeding a lot and he's like, he like, he looks like he's going to throw up like. Matt Ryan did... He makes did, some terrible grunting noises, and, like... Matt yeah. Ryan did a very good job. Uh, I Yeah, it was very, very upsetting. Um, the Spectre was in episode five, which made me very happy. I'm a big fan of the Spectre. Um, I feel a little bad, because something awful is going to happen to that poor police detective so that he becomes the Spectre, I'm guessing. But it's a nice little DC reference there. Yeah, I feel like I miss a bunch of those. There haven't there haven't been a ton. Uh, really, it's just been the Spectre and the Helmet of Fate so far. I like I, but I like 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 is mucus membrane like a thing in the comics? Yeah, that's yeah. John's shitty band. I like I like that. I like that. That's a thing. But coming from like I, I'm far more of like Marvel historically. Whereas and I mean Andy, you could you know kick my butt in Marvel and DC, but you, 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 your preference historically has been DC. Like, I don't know any of this, and I kind of like coming into it blind, because it's yeah. just like, is this, like, unnecessarily just wedged in because it's comics, or is this, like, something they're writing for the show? Like, I don't mind this kind of, like, I don't know, it's good. It's good for the show. I don't Like, I, there's certain things that, like, in other shows where it's, like, you, you see something happen and you're like, they only did that because they had to do it for the comics. And I don't uh, feel like that's happening here. And I don't know. And I don't care. And it's good. Uh, so John's look is based off of, and I'm blanking on the, the musician's name, but John was originally just supposed to be based entirely his look around Sting. Oh, his look yeah. was based on Sting. Yeah. Uh, like aesthetically speaking and so like as a shout out to like the fact that he's based on a musician alan moore wrote that he was in a shitty band called mucus membrane but like could never get big um also side note alan moore has claimed to have met the real john constantine on three occasions i read that alan moore insists that john constantine is not made up and that he's met him that's a thing. That's a thing that I read. That literally all of the writers who have written Constantine have had John Constantine encounters. That's fucking wild to me. Cryptid Keeper needs to do an episode yeah. on the cryptid oh, that is Johnny John Constantine. Constantine. <laughs> he qualifies. His existence can neither be proven nor disproven. No. Um. So going over to our um. Less than positives. Someone on this show's a racist. Yeah. 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 Because another, like, hard, uh, like, uh, Romani people are evil, like, yeah. thing yeah. going on and, there. And another one, like, that is just, like, in passing, where it's, like, that you could say witch. You could say demon. You could say anything, and nobody would, like, say, hmm, that's out of place. Like, it's just, like, so wedged in there. Yeah, some someone someone on this who who wrote this is racist, just yeah. straight up. Yeah. So that's not great. Continues to not be great, and it was a shame because it was like in like the best episode. Yeah. Just like, oh, this is so good. Oh, great, cool. I wish Zed had had more up until now. Uh, yeah. She like the stuff that is happening as of like episode eight is pretty interesting. She's got some stuff going on, but. The vast majority of the show, she's just been kind of, like, lurking around the edges, not doing a whole lot, except when she does something to kind of serve the plot in some kind of a way, you know, at, in an abstract way, not because she's having character development or whatever, but just like, oh, hey, do a psychic so that we can explain why we know why to go to the next place or whatever. Um, 
so I feel like she's a really underutilized character. Um, other than that, everything I had to complain about, I've already complained about. Uh, I don't yeah. like. I I don't love that. Uh, John suddenly is like fucking a bunch of ladies. Like they had a a weird scene in there where he's just like leaving some lady's house and her boyfriend is coming home. Like it yeah. just just it, it's the it's every scene where a guy is leaving a woman's house because her boyfriend is coming home. You know, it is the exact same scene in every show or whatever. Just transplant any character into that scene. Well, um, it's just it's just that, like the like consciousness of masculinity cannot place like a troubled man without being super promiscuous with yeah, the without, ladies without without being a philanderer right i right. actually like that scene felt so out of place that i thought it was a flashback at first mm-hmm. because it was just wedged in between totally unrelated plot things happening yeah. like it they, seems like at this point in his life constantine should have too much self-hate to be having random flings with women yeah and too much shit to do like yeah. too many demons to exercise <laughs> when did he even meet that woman like, I mean, it. it's not like women just appear and are like, hey, you want you want to do the sex? Like, he had to go to a bar and, like, flirt with somebody. <laughs> and I have to, um, like, it's just so difficult for me to imagine him functionally flirting with someone in, like, yeah. a charming way. At least like, on a normal person. Yeah, on a, <laughs> that's true, a normal person. Like, he does... Like, she's not wrapped up in the occult or something. She just seemed like a regular-ass person. Yeah, she right. she was very normal. She had wood paneling on her walls, and she, you know, wore tank tops. She was not like a goth chick who he picked up at Orpheus or whatever. Um, so, so here's the thing that's not really a negative, but kind of, like, made me realize something about myself in a way that I didn't want to. Um, there's the scene where... Well, there's the whole episode six... Uh, Zed is like planning this date with this nude model in her art class and they set a date and it's all fine and then she goes through a bunch of stuff and then she's at home taking a bath and she gets a phone call and it's the guy being like oh where are you at da 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 like you didn't stand me up and in that moment I could not imagine a time where I would not leap out of that bathtub throw on some clothes and get out there because like I had promised somebody I would be somewhere and I wasn't. It's just like the idea that she could say, no, I'm going to skip it. Cause I'm really enjoying myself here. It's just like, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's anxiety. Not social, anxiety. That's not social situations work. Like I was just so like, how, what? Like I was, I was ready for her to like have a panic attack. And she's just like, mm, I'm really enjoying this bath though. And I was like, you can do what? <laughs> I was, it was a real just like, you know, self, self-assessment for me. And I appreciated it. Again, not really a negative, but that's all I got. Um, I kind of already talked about my weird philosophical issue on whether or not it's a negative that John gets clean wins in this. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I consider it a negative or not, but it, it's, it's an interesting interpretation of the character. Yeah. I could do with more uh, fucking emotionally brutal episodes. Like, well, I, we, 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 I feel like we got two. We got, yeah, mm-hmm. but I, I was just saying, me as a yeah. person, like you know, sure. I love that that god awful shit. I love when terrible shit happens to characters and they have to go through horrible. I'm a real bad person. Um, it would have so. been nice if um, we really saw some consequences for Manny, and that would have like. John would have then beat the shit out of himself for that. That yeah. could have been nice. Because, um, you know, it shouldn't always necessarily happen to John. Uh, I feel like Chaz kind of gets the short end of the stick a lot. Like, he's kind of John's errand boy, almost. Like They fucking. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely fucking. But John, like... Because Chaz can't die... Right. You know, for good, apparently he gets taken out of the fight, like, right away. All the time. And it's a little bit like Worf in uh, Next Generation, where they say how he's the biggest, best, baddest warrior ever, and then whenever a new villain shows up, they beat the shit out of Worf right away, so that way you know they're serious. Yeah. And by the end of Next Generation, Worf just looks like a little bitch, because he gets beat up every episode. Mm -hmm. 
And it kind of seems that way with Chaz a little bit, where he's like real big. He's always got this big ass knife on him, and he's constantly getting taken out early yeah. because you can kill him without any consequences. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's gonna like run thin. Like that's gonna start to run thin if like unless yeah we're like, getting there. Yeah, yeah, and and. and Unless it's like, oh, all of a sudden Chaz can die now. And it's like, okay, there's some stakes. Don't kill Chaz. Because I feel like it, it's hard to have like a real like, oh, no, not Chaz. I, like, I love Chaz, but I'm not worried about Chaz because Chaz is going to be fine. Like I need yeah. something there to like make me really have an emotion elicited by this character. This is a weird complaint for me, but episode eight, I felt like had some weird writing decisions uh, at the climax where they're going down into the tunnels and they decide to split up. And then some stuff happens of like very little consequence. They meet up back together. Oh, and before they go down, John gives Anne the Pazuzu necklace. And then gives the Pazuzu necklace back to John. John summons the big scary demon. And then like like, why'd they split up to begin with? Like, that didn't yeah. do anything. It just kind of wasted some time. Anne gives the Pazuzu necklace right back to John. She doesn't do anything with it. John gives it to her. She gives it back to him. Then John uses it. And, like, they all kind of, like, trade the babies around. Like, John's holding the baby. Then, like, right. she's holding the baby. Then Chaz's holding the baby. And so, like... It, it had was, to be a two-parter. They had to kill some time. It, it seems like a lot of, like, weird... Like, I'm going to give you my cell phone... So you can order pizza. Oh, you're not going to order pizza? All right, give me back the cell phone. I'll order the pizza. Oh, wait, no, I'm not going to order the pizza. Evan, you're going to order the pizza. And then Evan orders the pizza. And then it was like, well, why did we all split up? And why did I give you your phone to give me the phone to give? It was just weird. You look at the menu and I'll use your phone. And (laughs) yeah, it just seemed like you hold this baby. I'm going to use the demon necklace. No, no, you hold the baby. I'll, I'll. Evan will use the necklace, and it was just like, who's on first with, we're splitting up, going down tunnels, we're handing magic relics back and forth, there's babies involved. It was It was a lot. I don't think it was like poor writing, I just think it was late, like, they could have, like, they could have written around that and been like, oh, no, I'm a nun now, I can't be using this kind of dark magic, like. Well, it it seemed like John only gave her the necklace so that he could exposition about what the necklace was. Sure. Sure. And then she only gave it back to John because John's got to be the one to do the magic thing. Right. Which, like, but we also, like, I understand, like, material, like, components and stuff like that. But John has done plenty of magic without needing, like, a MacGuffin. Like, yeah. It, it, it also just, like, why, what, like, you introduce this demon as, like, the the parallel to the Mashtu, but, like... I don't. I don't know. It's. It, yeah. it, there's a better cool. way to do it, and it's not the way they did it. It's my fa- second favorite episode from the lot. Yeah. Probably my second favorite episode of Constantine thus far. Yeah. So like, I don't want to seem like I'm beating it up too much, but that was just like kind of bizarre to me, and no one was acting like a person. Yeah. It's a yeah. great show, though. I, I gotta. I gotta complain. I knew that this oh. was the case going in because because I knew from the internet. But um, my overall general systemic complaint is that John's not bisexual in the show. Yeah. Which isn't fair. He's it, a canon bisexual. He's smoking I mean, now. We've hit, we've hit smoking John point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's nothing specifically precluding him from being bisexual, but the writers are cowards is what I'm saying. Yeah. You are, you are not only a coward, but you are a traitor. Also, go go back to that like weird random straight hookup. That makes it makes way more sense if it's with a dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause like when dudes just wanna meet up and do something, like it's just way easier. We get right out the gate, like, oh hey, like do you, do you want to have sex? Like, what are you comfortable with? When was the last time you got tested? Are you a top or bottom? What are you into? All right, let's go. And like, there's. There's like a culture for that, and it's it's easy if that's what you're looking for. And that's what John would be into for sure. I'm not saying all gay culture is like that. I'm just saying. Are there not hetero? I think heteros like hook up pretty quick in some cases. But. Um, well, not if you might get murdered by a psychopath. 
I mean, that that's true. I guess. I feel like, like women have to be like a little bit more comfortable about being like, oh, hey, this is where I sleep. Does John Constantine have Tinder? I don't think he'd have Tinder. I think he'd have Grinder though. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just saying this is uh, the apps are are a source of fast hookups I had not considered. Also, it's way more like I think kind of tongue in cheek funny if whoever's coming home like doesn't know the dude's out rather than it being I'm cheating on my boyfriend with this girl it's like oh that's my roommate and I'm not out yet and then John's like oh well let's tell him together love and like kind of like making a joke and the guy's like no you gotta fucking go and John's like all right yeah I get it and then like pieces out like that to me is a funnier scene yeah I mean I'm always gonna prefer that scene because I'm biased well, yeah I don't know that we want that gay representation scene, but like yeah complaints complaints John is not bisexual in the show. And again, we know he's he's bi in Legends of Tomorrow, but this isn't Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. Still a good show. Still a good show. Still, great. Still a good show. Mm-hmm. Um overall, all well eight episodes. It we'll, we'll run through this nice and quick. Uh Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Uh these uh eight episodes of Constantine, are they working for you? Yes. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Are these eight episodes of Constantine working for you? They are. Hey, Andy. Yeah. Are these eight episodes of Constantine working for you? Episodes one through eight of uh, NBC's Constantine are definitely working for me so far. I'm very excited to watch episode nine after that cliffhanger. I know. I know. I want to see what happens. Five more episodes. Five more episodes. And then a special episode. And then, and then a, special a special episode. S- we'll tell you more about that next secret. week. So be sure to uh, share us with your friends. Leave us an iTunes review. Follow us on Twitter at PendingPod, on Facebook at PendingPod, on Instagram at EndingPending. Uh, send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. And please, whatever you do, don't tell Pawn Shop Lou. Don't, Don't tell, tell Pawn Shop Lou. Lunar Light Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay.